0: Here is my impression of Chris Farley. Oh,
1: no. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love
0: it. It's so
1: did,
2: I, did I nail it? Somehow yeah, that's that was really good. Effective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Welcome to Tales from the Ditch. My name is Sean, I'll be your illustrious and handsome host. I'm here with Seth, is it Vildskut? Uh, Jones. Hildskut. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> it's, no, it's Vildskut, so it's Vildskut, I'm trying not to have Vildskut, bustle. so Vildskut, <laughs> like you're sneezing, but in Amer- I live in Nevada, <laughs> so Seth hot. Jacob Wild Sheep.
1: Wild Sheep. <laughs> Wild and <laughs> also, here to join us, the odd of the jobs, Troy Hubert.
2: It's actually pronounced Udbeer. Huber? Yeah. Is it French? Yeah, it's a French last name. H and T's are silent, bro. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't sound pretentious at <laughs> all. Can you not
0: tell by his outrageous <laughs> accent?
2: Hubert. <laughs> uh, that's
1: even better. Okay, well, welcome, Troy. We Troy is the author and art performing artist of our introduction and outro outro-duction?
2: <laughs> outroduction, correct.
1: Is outro a word? Outro uh, Tension? Mean, Outro Farnsworth?
2: <laughs> uh, sure.
1: Troy I is really a musician?
2: Wouldn't... Oh, that is, that is a compliment. That's way Troy too
1: is a deacon? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> Just not like I'm
2: not going to confirm or deny that, but yeah. Troy is a deacon.
1: <laughs> Troy is a high school graduate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Troy is a... Uh, Troy is special. Du- <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is fierce, he is beautiful, and he is a dungeon master. Uh. Digital dungeon master.
2: Digital game you, master, if you want to be, if you want to be pedantic. Dungeons masters for Dungeons and Dragons, whereas game masters for Pathfinder. Mm. If I want to be. What about werewolf? Uh, lycanthrope.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Either that or Team Jacob.
1: Well, it's been a rough week. There was some terrible news coming out of Florida. Yeah, a mass shooting, a school shooting has happened. Social media and the political realm has erupted into, I want to say, polemic rhetoric.
2: Yeah, and more than they normally do. Like this is something about this Florida shooting has just—it's been an avalanche compared to Sandy Hook, compared to yeah, like. People got <laughs> people got upset about little kids dying, but not to the point of, like, what we're seeing now.
1: Well, and people are saying – people are coming out of the woodwork. The conservative side is always
2: – Being conservative.
1: Being conservative and having a lot of conspiracy theories saying that a lot of the kids there were actors and –
0: Okay. So I will say, to clarify, I just One of them I is a little, say, one of them's a little odd. That's more that. InfoWars conservative. That's not yeah. – I'm just saying, like – no, I don't think Marco Rubio said that. It's more like the Breitbart side who mm. I've seen that. Cause yeah. Marco Rubio said that's ridiculous. And he actually, I'm just saying, he went to a Literally. town hall and actually, uh, met with the survivors and let them question him. Well, wouldn't
1: you consider Marco Rubio, uh, moderate?
0: Conservative, moderate conservative. Though.
2: Yeah, mm. he's, 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 he definitely federal. leans to the right as a moderate. Um, and I, I will, I will say this, like, the, one of the last things i posted on social media this week before i tried trying to, did- like decided to take a break from it just because of how just volatile and everything was um I'll get closer I realize that wasn't like given this mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. edit that <laughs> Sorry offensive material uh I did see the thing going around about this one kid being in California in 2017 and then being in Florida 2018 mm-hmm. and same person and um, I couldn't find one that didn't have the traditional Breitbart sass behind it, but I do find it interesting. So I I am one who definitely would subscribe to the uh, idea of government conspiracy. I will like put on a tinfoil hat if you would like me to. Um, I've been seeing things less as red versus blue, left versus right. And I'm starting to see things more and more of just rich versus poor. Um, and just, I find it interesting like how this particular topic of uh nra gun control gun ban all of that over the last five years i feel like has just gotten in such a scripted feel just looking at it looking at it and basing it off of how the news has handled it how media and the people that consume media whether it's social or digital or whatever they are reacting in such a Weirdly scripted, manipulated way.
1: Yeah. I would, uh, everything in the media is manipulated. Oh, yeah.
2: Except for this podcast.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this. I, and so, yeah, the right is coming out with, uh, that type of stuff, defending yeah. guns. The left is coming out with, um, uh, a call for gun control. Yeah. Um. Not a gun ban, a gun control. Gun control. Some people are calling for simple moderation or mm. I think definition and classification of types of weapons, things yeah. like that. Um. And I mean, the bottom line is like kids died and it's a terrible tragedy. So my first question here is for you, Troy. Yeah. If you were uh, p- the president, of the United States of America. Okay. What canceled show would you bring back?
2: Um. I know a few people are going to be very upset with me if I if I do not say Firefly, but I'm not going to say Firefly because we don't need a show full of Han Solos.
0: Let me just stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead.
2: I really, I really don't have one. Um, I would like to see maybe Batman Beyond. Uh I'd like so to see Did that
1: get cancelled or did it just end?
2: I think it just ended. I would I'm talking like to about see-
1: canceled shows.
2: See, I don't have a whole knowledge of cancelled shows outside of Firefly. I think that's gotta be your choice then. Scheiße. That's okay. why we wouldn't elect you as president. Then. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sit on a, I sit on the fence too much. Now, um
0: now Troy, you are author of the book with friends like these who needs enemas. Um <laughs> what was it New like New York? Being part of the conspiracy to uh, replace Tommy Lauren's uh, cyborg arm. Well, now you were on the inside. Uh, you said you know, race right this, race right that. Something about communism. What was? Bucky Barnes Ryan was doing it so Smith, well. Was there,
2: no? Bucky Barnes was doing it so well that I just I felt like any any attempt at uh, bringing that into a cinematic flair would just look like we we're copying. Either that, or people would think we we're copying Jack from Mortal Kombat.
1: Mm, Jack, Jacks, Jax,
2: Jacks.
0: They all look the same to Troy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh,
1: Thank you for that. There was a great show. Seth, you remember the show called Working with Fred Savage? Uh, that was a really good <laughs> show, and I think it only had one season, and that deserves, that deserves at Dharma least five more seasons. Dharma and Greg got
0: renewed, though.
1: <sighs> it did?
0: It had more than one season.
1: I have a story from The Ditch. Um, that's maybe more of a confession.
0: Um, so Ryan Smith, cover your ears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were talking one time about, I'm actually reaching out to somebody. So I'm hoping that with the vast network of people who listen to this podcast, we might be able to find this individual. Um, so, uh, we were talking one time about why my parents didn't like you, Seth. And I think another reason, possibly... um Now, they had an initial reaction to you that was unfair and biased. Um But I think around the time I met you, my grades started to suffer. And I think they attributed that to you. But I'm here to kind of clear the air and explain why. And it's mostly because I had this kind of uh moral crisis. So... Something happened in in fourth grade, which is when Seth and I met. And we had a teacher, Miss G. And there was a kid in our class named Joel. Joel was a Native American kid. And uh, he, uh, he was a nice kid. I don't think there was any problems with him. I didn't have any problems with him, which makes this a lot crueler. So one day... In elementary school, we would we would join our desks into four desk squares, and uh, and we would all work together on our work in the classroom. Seth wasn't part. Seth was across the room, and I didn't want to be across the room. I wanted to sit by Seth, but unfortunately, you know, you can't can't mess with the elementary school standards that they had uh, put into place. So I was Fourth sitting. Fourth
0: grade, we were in the same class.
1: Yeah, Griffith. I mean, Mrs. G.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: uh, yeah. And we weren't that close yet, I think, because it took a while. It was a slow burn. It
0: took me getting beat
1: up. Yeah. yeah um, but anyway, so <laughs> w- I was just, I don't know. We were talking about names and we were doing some spelling workbook sheets and we were just talking about stuff. And Joel, my friend. He's like looking at me and listening to a story that I'm saying, and you know how you write your name on the upper like right-hand corner? It says name, and there's a line Mm -hmm, on it, mm -hmm. and it's like purple. The ink is purple. So he writes his name, but he writes Sean (laughs) on accident because, I don't know, we were talking about names, or maybe I was telling him how I spell my name, and it's weird. And so he wrote it down. He goes, oh, and total innocence. He goes, oh, that was funny. I wrote your name. Erased it and put Joel. Hmm. And proceeded to do, oh, it was math homework. Now I remember. It was like 30 questions of this times this, this times this, this divided by this.
2: Math, not even once.
1: And I'm telling you, it's, I'd, I, oh, I'd gotten straight A's until fourth grade. Mm. I'm, I'm not even joking go check go check it i got so many tokens from oh, wild totally waters on, it, i'm jumping. I have on a right now. <laughs> you do <laughs> where you work you have access to my grave <laughs> but anyways
0: oh i thought they uh after a certain amount of time they kick them out do they, they keep might. them that long oh I've, dude they,
2: they have up to the like early 1800s worth of
1: stuff I, oh
0: i thought it was 10 years after you graduate they kick them out i, <laughs> I,
1: I mean it no. not, might not all be digital but it's there and i looked and i had exemplary records until fourth grade and here was the turning point. Joel accidentally wrote my name on his paper, erased it, wrote his name and did his work. And at the moment he erased my name and put his name down, I was like, I'm not doing this. And so we all turn it into a tray. There's a tray up on the windowsill and that's where you turn in your homework. And at some point, Miss Griffith, Miss <laughs> G goes, uh, she goes, Sean, where's your, Where's your packet? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I put it in there literally like that straight a kid, innocent, good boy. I've never done anything that bad really up until this point. And I just knew instantly that I can manipulate and take advantage of the situation. And I said, I don't know. And she goes, that's weird. Looking through it, looking through it. I was like, "Mm, why don't you look again? And she finds Joel's paper with Sean erased Poorly and Joel written over it and she goes, Joel <laughs> and Joel had been with me before Seth even showed up. He'd been with me in miss Horlacker's class, which is a great name. He was with me in miss Anderson's class in second grade. And now he's with me in fourth grade and I had no loyalty to him for some reason. And so because it benefited me and I probably would have done this with anybody. I would have done it with you too, Seth. But, uh, I instantly knew I was like, well, let's see how this plays out. I was like, I bet I can get away with this. And if I can get away with this, I'm not doing any more work. And I did get away with it. Mm-hmm. And then one day I came to school and Seth, it was, I was meeting you there. I remember. And we were skating on those balance beam things, um, with our big, thick, fat skateboards. <laughs> and the only one, Alex Camargo had the cool skateboard and we had the old skateboard. And I remember there was a parent conference with Joel and his mom and Miss Griffith and Miss Griffith and Joel's mom were like yelling at Joel and Joel was crying and tears were going down his chubby little native American cheeks. And I, for a minute was like, man, I feel really bad, but it's time to go skate and just ignored it. And this was something that I forgot about for many, many years. And recently it's come up, you know, doing this soul care and kind of finding these life map moments. And I just mm. realized that I'm the worst person and have been the worst person since fourth grade. Uh And I feel terrible about this. And so Joel s- s- didn't make it that much longer at our school. He, I don't know if he moved or he got suspended or what, but I know that after that event it was like he was constantly having negative run-ins with authority and it was pretty much because of me and I feel terrible about it. So, uh, I want people to know this for a couple of reasons. One, if anybody knows, uh, super adorable native American kid named Joel that grew up in Sparks, Nevada, went to Lena Juniper elementary school, please tell him the email <laughs> tales from the ditch at gmail.com. And, if we have to have some type of physical combat or if I have to give him some type of reparations, I'm prepared to. Um, but I also say it for this reason. And I kind of am curious about, uh, your guys's opinion on this. Um, now we understand that since we're such, um, good reformed Calvinists that everybody is totally depraved and sin exists from the point of conception in all of us, or maybe some zygote form or whatever, but sin is always there, and so mm. we're always sinners. We're never at a point where we're innocent little kids. But, um, do you guys, would you guys characterize this type of action that I have as malicious? Troy, you go first.
2: <laughs> malicious in the sense that you're going to target this kid because you don't feel like doing your work ever more, or malicious how? I I don't, I don't... I don't see it as malicious. So, okay. Um, after working with kids for a five-year stint, um, I came to the conclusion that as a mid-20s bachelor working with other people's children, um, as bad as children can be, parents are parents of those children are worse. Um that being said, I mean, were you being a a little bit of a bastard at the time? Yeah. But you're not still a bastard. You know what I mean? Like if that was mm, if you. that was <laughs> if that was a def- if that was a like a a like from a character arc, if that was like in story a defining moment that Sean Moss as you once knew yourself is now dead and this new Sean Moss is the rebel that, you know, gets credit for other people's work and manipulative and deceitful and then, yeah, I would say that was incredibly mal- uh, malicious, but um I'm sitting across from you and I've known you for about eight to nine years and I've known Seth nine to ten. For as long as I've been a Christian, I've known you guys. Um, I've never once gotten that from you. Um, and you've always been very forward with your past and incredibly uh, encouraging because of that Um, in the sense that I don't blame myself for the things I did when I was a young bastard Um, because you were, you helped model what that looks like that no, you're a new creation in God and that in Christ you have this new identity of uh, (laughs) beloved and forgiven. And (laughs) nice. That being said, like, I, 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 like, I don't, maybe I'm misunderstanding, like, you don't sound like you're beating yourself up over it, like, you're not, like, uh, uh, gonna flog yourself or whatever, but, um, I definitely think it's, it takes, it's a sign of humility to take ownership over it. Like, hey, I really screwed up this, I potentially screwed up this kid's life. Um, you definitely, like, had an impact, you know, but we all have impact on each other's lives starting at however young. Like, you know, I've, I've been, bullied most of my life i was a doormat like a couple weeks ago you heard a story about me getting shot in the crops with a freaking bottle rocket Mm -hmm. like and Mm -hmm. that's not the only time i've been hit in the nuts by something okay like (laughs) um i'm not gonna let nathan hartley take ownership over that as the reason why i'm gonna be like incapable of having children there's a whole line of people before him that can take credit for that
0: you're not that special nathan Yeah. I
2: guess maybe,
1: uh, I, I don't even know if I know what I mean by this question, Okay. but here's, here's what I'm not saying. And maybe that'll help. Okay. I'm not saying that I did this because I didn't like Joel. Right. And I'm not even saying that I did it because
2: I don't. You didn't do it because he was Native American. You didn't do it because.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely didn't do it because he's cause to access me or anything like
2: that. Um,
1: but the fact that I still did it regardless of Mm. my motive, you know, like it was a clear violation of even a moral standard that I had as a fourth grader. I, I, I feel like
2: there's, everybody's done some bad things when they were a kid, Mm -hmm. other people's bad things. I think you run the risk of comparing apples to oranges. Like what you think you did was super bad and it was, but to other people, they might classify it as. Uh, it, they might classify it as worse than what they've done, but they might classify it as less than what they've done. Um, I was a mama's boy, dude. Like, I, like, I got rambunctious and stuff. I would steal guitars, I'd steal from work when I was younger, but, like, I don't think I'm worse or lesser than you because of that, uh, because of your childhood mistakes, your childhood sins. Like, I think that's folly. Like, as a child, especially at the age of what? If you're in fourth grade, that makes you what? Nine, maybe ten? Like you don't have a completely developed mind to process the intricacies of true morality and understanding of consequential like consequences to your actions. You know, like you were doing what I think a lot of kids, if they were given that opportunity, like if I was in a classroom and, you know, Ryan Smith accidentally wrote my name and then erased it and wrote his name, but did such a piss poor job erasing it. I would probably take credit for his work too, because he's kind of his me. fault for he's, not erasing it well. He's like Ryan Smith's way smarter than me, so of course I'm going to take credit for his work.
1: <laughs> what I'm worried about is not understanding how depraved I
0: am. You guys ever listen to Botch? <laughs> uh,
1: I prefer Beethoven. Beethoven? He's good, man.
0: Beethoven. Oh. You you remember that time I hit a teacher with a boomerang in sixth grade? Do you remember that? Yeah, Kathy, what was her name? Don't say the name because that was battery. (laughs) She's all, she's all. What'd you do? I didn't mean to. She's all. You threw it in an arc in my direction. I'm all, but supposed to come back. She's like, yeah, my body stopped it.
1: That was great. (sighs) I I think like, and when when I moved on from this. Like I said, my grades never return. Not because I was always opportunistic in finding situations where kids would write my name on their papers and I would steal it. There was some part of me that was like, this whole school thing is a joke. Mm. Like, if I was able to work the system like that and just by being, by appearing to be like a nice kid who, um, isn't bad or disruptive and being able to just like work the system like that, it just made everything meaningless. And so school was no longer anything um, academic to me. It was just a place where I got to see my friends and that
2: continued through uh, all the way to the end. I think it's I mean, true for a lot of students though. Like, uh, especially as uh, I've gotten older and evaluated Like, cause I have, you know, friends that are in higher education, pursuing college degrees and stuff like that. But I also have friends that have children. I'm in this weird state, my point in my life where I have friends on both sides and I don't remember school being such an easy, just like checklist. I felt like school was different than what it is now. Um, but is is that the, is that true of it? Because I never, I never cheated in school. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't have the I didn't know if I had the connections or if I was just stupid. Uh I didn't like that was in a in a in a worldly use of the word that was a genius move. Totally not okay. But it is also like a sign of intelligence. Yeah. Like it was a very intelligent thing that if you were to follow like l- the rules of the world and you know the 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 survival of the fittest kind of thing that is something that would be considered a survival of the fittest scenario because you didn't have to put in the extra work, still manipulated the system and got away with it. And we're still able to play with your friends. (laughs) That's true. Did you ever, this
1: question is for both of you. Did you guys ever have a moment where either at the time or maybe looking back many years in the future that you can say you were an evil person.
2: (laughs) When I turned 19. Yes. Troy, it wasn't until you turned 19. I'm ballparking, but basically after I graduated high school, I went through basically the typical I moved out of my parents' place, therefore I can do all these things. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't begin to understand that I wasn't the hero of my story, that I was actually the villain of my story. And I was living with uh, a Christian and some non-Christians at the time. And this Christian had the uh God bless them, they had the heart to witness and evangelize to me and be a solid encouragement and uh positive like the lone key source of positivity in my life at the time. Um and maybe it was just through our late night talks and me underage drinking and me smoking other substances and stuff like that, uh the talks that we had, that I began to understand that um me trying to manipulate women to sleep with me. Is not an okay thing. I was less, I was becoming less of Troy and more of a Chad. Um, more of a Louis. <laughs> I don't know about a Louis. More of a Aziz. I am not catching those references.
1: <laughs> you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. Too
0: soon or sooner.
2: More of a Harvey. Uh, okay. Not, not a Weinstein. I wasn't going, I wasn't going Hollywood with that, but it was more of, just, I, I began to understand that I was a smooth sort of talker. I began to see that I was manipulative of emotions. That, um, because I am a sociopath and, um, and unable to, uh, <laughs> that was a dramatic and awkward pause, sir. Thank you. Uh, but no, like, I, I began to see that because I was, <laughs> You're welcome for that dip, buddy. Uh, I began to see that I was not the most emotional person. Um, I would get angry and stuff like that, but I, I didn't understand the, the, my own ability to emote and have emotional conversations, but I began to see how to manipulate others, particularly the women. Mm. Um, and that's what my conquest and goal became to be, uh, began to be when I, around the time I turned 18, 19 is I moved out of my folks place, started living on my own. And all I cared about was getting laid and how best to do that. And don't hate the player. Right. I was, I was good at playing the game so they can hate the game all they want. And what I began to realize in these talks with this Christian guy, um, I began to see, like, I am a bastard. I am a horrible human being. I am a total Chad. I am a frat boy that doesn't Chad. have the money to be a frat boy. Like, I am becoming the thing I hate and I don't know how to stop. And it, that was, honestly, that was, that revelation is what opened me to the idea of going to church. Bribing me if Reese isn't gonna stop me later. Um, I don't- Oh, you're welcome, dude, here. Really,
1: so so discovering that the depths of my depravity you is what opened me up to Christ. The, when you say Chad, do you mean like frat type of like Yeah, total uh,
2: just Chad brochill playing GameCube and drinking natty ice?
1: I know a lot of Chads, but I've never met a Chad that's has that. I've met a Thad. You met someone named Thad? Yeah, Thaddeus. Really? And Zef, Zeph. Z E P H.
2: You sure it wasn't Zach
1: Efron? No, it was, a, his first name was Zephaniah.
2: That's, no, those are just some unique names, man.
1: Yeah. Sparks Eye, baby. Seth, when was it that you were convinced? I mean, what was the time period that you're referring to when you found out you were convinced that you were an evil person? Eight years old. Wow. Wow. You did
0: surprise me. Um... I wanted to get back at my brother for stuff I'm not going to talk about. So I picked up a metal. It was kind of like a rod and hit him in the face with it. Ugh. And it started bleeding a lot. And my parents came up. So I was like, if I start crying and say I'm scared of the blood and that we were just boys being boys, you know, I'll get away with it. So I came up, apologized, and they're like, oh, gosh, well, you know, he's a kid. He doesn't know. And the second they left, I wiped away the tears and was just laughing about because I was happy I heard him. Wow. And I just, And then later I wept. Because I had laughed about it because I knew something was broken in me. Gosh! So eight, eight years old.
2: Sounds about right.
0: Make a movie about that, Kirk Cameron.
2: You will. He's mm. got. A, he's got to add to the catalog of pure
0: flicks. Is he Dude, allowed to that? have blood in his movies? I don't think or, so. Or pipes. They can edit it out. <laughs> or plot about it Or character. <laughs> Okay. Is he allowed to have disagreement in Gosh, ways?
1: man. I'm going to feel so bad when Kirk Cameron comes to our podcast. He's
0: like, says, hey guys, you're doing a really good job. And I'll we'll really sit like there it. and I'll rip his shirt and say that. <laughs> See, I'm almost, I'm, I'm
2: almost hoping in this unrealized, <laughs> unrealistic scenario that it's Kevin Sorbo that gets super butt hurt about it and not, <laughs> and not Kirk Cameron.
0: Ryan Smith, when you brought Bre- Breaking the Law. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he looked. I
1: <laughs> went on from that point, And I think that is when I discovered this loathing I have for working mm. as a nine-year-old work sucks. And so I'm, I, I'm really struggling with this right now. You guys, you probably heard me whine about it and are tired of it, but I have, I've been blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. I have an easy job. I'm overpaid or I'm, I'm well paid. I think I'm probably overpaid. Um, I'm, I have little responsibility, no deadlines. I get to do something I've always wanted to do. And I still don't want to work. And I know that, uh, you guys are currently in positions that you've expressed to me. Aren't your ideal positions. And you also don't want to work, but I feel like you guys deal with it better than I do. And I have the good job. And so part of that is I understand that like through having, um, prosperity, sometimes you get lazy and start to find things to complain about or complain about things more that are insignificant. And that's definitely me too. Um, but I also think that some of it is just that work is cursed by God. And, um, and you know, my back's not going to be in pain from toiling And the dirt's not going to work against me, but for some reason, I'm just not going to find satisfaction that humans were created to find in work. And there's part of that too. But like, uh, and Seth, you brought up that your dad, you had a conversation with your dad, like, oh, do you just work and then you die and that's the rest of your life? And your dad affirmed that that is the rest of your life. Yeah. Now, do you think that right now that that is the rest of your life?
0: Um, Here's the thing, I so I think we need to really, and I can only speak for Christians, like I'm not an authority mm-hmm. to everyone, but God said as a pastor, like, okay, you're a spiritual authority of those who are sheep, and so I'll speak in those terms, and that's always the context. Um As a Christian, we will labor till the end. Now, mm-hmm. whether that means some people who might work at the same job for 70 years, or whether that means... Uh, you retire and use the rest of your time to serve at church for free. No matter what, you're going to labor. But I think it's going to depend how. So everyone's going to labor or should you should pursue, you know, for that labor of, you know, service. But yeah, you're going to have some who are called to a job that maybe doesn't get better and they might suffer a little more. They might even be more frustrated based on the personality, based on their walk, based on who knows, so many Mm -hmm. things. You might have some, they stay in a job for 70 years they don't like. And they start to like it or they start to at least see the blessing of it or, you know, it's redeemed at least in a sense to them. And then you have some who maybe are going to find a job they actually just like or go outside that. um, It could be ministry or starting their own thing where they're literally like, I'm getting paid to do something that doesn't even feel like labor. So I think there's lots of things with it because you have, I I can say R.C. Sproul until he died was doing something he loved, but it was labor. But then there's also some custodian at church who um is laboring for seventy years, and you know that's where he's gonna be mm. um depending on especially uh I have no degree, I have a criminal record, I'm not gonna have tons of jobs thrown at me um so yeah, I think it depends on the person We'll all labor, but what that looks like depends on i think personality calling, where you're at. Um And I think the thing it really always brings me back to whenever I think of this and go, okay, how should I view labor or my, um you know, my trade? I think the answer is always found in that day when we couldn't stop laughing at the word Uranus in class for 20 minutes. <laughs> and time I think back to that, I go, yeah, things are going to be okay. Because for 20 minutes, we couldn't stop laughing at the word Uranus. And it was like gut-busting laughter. The teacher was so bad, it just made me laugh harder. And that was one of those days I go, God is good. And uh, that's how I got an award named after me in high school. Does that answer your question?
1: I think it does. I think it does. So you're saying...
0: We'll all labor, but we'll it's going to look different for a lot of people. And I
1: have an unfortunate personality where I'm just grumpy about it forever.
0: No, yours, here's the thing. Yours has a capacity where, who knows, it might be that God keeps you there and changes your perspective on. Mm. But you also are one of the most brilliant people I know and also are relationally intelligent. So you might, who knows, and maybe be 50, 40, or 60, might go something totally different where you are getting paid. But you enjoy it. And it's not so laborious. I think part of it is you just don't like tedium. So part of it may be a job. Part of it might be just working for, you know, the place you work. But part of it also is your personality that you and I have always loved adventure, the new, the thrill. We've always liked stuff that was a creative original. We always liked stuff where we went, man, like this is, this is where it's at. And I've seen our propensity has been to get bored with things real quick. So part of this is the job and part of it's you and I'm going to tear your shirt and remove your <laughs> no! lampstand.
1: <laughs> Not my lampstand.
0: So I think that, I mean, that's, that's my view coming from me. But once again, it's, we're all called to labor, but how that's going to look. I mean, you do have guys who genuinely sprawl. He, I think he did what he loved. And then you had other guys who are missionary in a country where they saw one convert in 40 mm-hmm. years. Um, uh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a struggle Or they have someone do- like, um, was it Jim Elliot, the one who died in South America? That sounds his, right. His wife. So for him, uh, I mean, for his wife, think of it, that that was kind of a bum deal. It, her husband dies, and yeah, he goes to New Heaven, New Earth, but she went down there, witnessed those people, and yeah, she saw some beauty come from it, but that was after a great pain. So it's, yeah, it's we're all going to labor, but there's going to be a spectrum of what that looks like to what degree, especially you have some people who die at 20, some live to be 90. Like that Gandalf quote, he goes, there are those who deserve to die and they live, and there are those who deserve to have life and are dead. You know, can you give that to them? We're not. There are some people who I wonder, well, why can't they get a better job? Like they seem so miserable, and God keeps them. And then there's other guys who I just look at, and I go, they're so ungrateful and selfish, mm. and they keep getting blessed. And, and I count myself as one of those guys. I keep getting blessed, so um, I think it's going to look different. The main thing I can say across the board is, we're all going to labor. We're all called to be faithful. We're not called to be perfect. We should seek joy. We should persevere, but we're not going to feel that all the time. And we should have a zeal for God, but it doesn't mean it'll be every second. So there's lots of things you can say and lots of things that have to be up in the air that you have to bring before him thinking about of, okay, because there are stay-at-home moms who are happy, Mm -hmm. and there are others who they're like, this is my cross to bear. Yeah. So, yeah. Ryan Smith disagrees with all that. He thinks that we should follow the Pope. I mean, I don't get that, but... (laughs) Yeah. Troy? Yep. Yeah. Same question? Yeah.
2: I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, personally right now. So
0: ah, ah, it hurt.
2: <laughs> I do not work for uh the government anymore. I've been away from the government for a little over <laughs> almost two and a half years now. Um but I did work with you guys various capacities for about four or five years. Um I currently work in a warehouse. Cramazon? Uh, for Cramazon. Absolutely. Yeah. And, A warehouse.
0: Bully <laughs> <laughs> for you.
2: Yeah. And I have to say this is probably the first holiday season that I've worked where I actually you know, truly enjoyed the work I was doing. Hmm. And it wasn't even the normal work that I do. So I am normally just the dude that materials handler. You know, I pack the shipments. I'll go out and pick the shipments. Whatever, you know, I am the outbound processing side of things. Um but when I started working in October as a trainer and was basically equipping people with my knowledge, my wisdom, my experience, using their uh using their curriculum, so to speak, I actually was very satisfied with the work, even on the bad days.
1: Hmm.
2: And I never once thought I would have enjoyed it because, um, I just, I never once would have thought that it'd be good as a, as an instructor of any sort. Um, and maybe it's just because I know how to put on a personality or I know how to make things entertaining for people. I don't know, but I had a lot of encouragement from people and I am now in the state of mind knowing that I enjoyed my work and what I was doing. I'm having a hard time going back. Oh my god, I'm having a hard time going back. I try to keep it straight face. I swallowed solid. Boba Fett. Rah,
0: rah, rah, I tried
2: rah, rah, this rah. last like sixty seconds not to make a face. And oh. he just broke me. Um, I am now in a state of mind where I'm having a hard time just being content, knowing what I am capable of, and going back to just being a standard mook. and everyone.
0: Mm. I,
2: I'm being dramatic. I think what's when a mook.
0: S- just
2: a mook. <laughs> Uh what's a book for? Uh, a book? Being a standard drone, being a standard just a a a everyman. Um I don't know how to say that without it being somewhat condescending, I guess, and I need to work on that. But mm. um The work that I do matters. That's
1: actually a good point though, right there. The work is... that I do
2: matters. It matters, but it's not challenging. It's no All longer, jobs
0: matter, Troy. There's, <laughs>
2: there's people out there that are happy to be a MOOC. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I honestly, I wish I had that. I wish I had that sense of content. Me too. Um, I envy that. And when I meet people that are just happy with mopping floors, I am just like, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I would love to be that content doing that kind of work. Um, I am ambitious for my own good. Uh, too ambitious for my own good. You guys remember my time working with you. I was always trying to get into a different level of either supervision or dispatch or something. Way because too ambitious. I was just unhappy. I was discontent with my station, so to speak. And I am being very mindful of that going back into the season of just being an everyday guy. Just being an everyman. Um, and... I, I, I want to go back into being an instructor, but that is not my decision. That is God's and being okay with that and not being checked out. Cause people, I like, I'm being dramatic when I say it, but I feel like everyone can tell that I'm checked out. Like, and I, I, <laughs> I do not know what you were attempting there, Seth, but, uh, you are not nearly. You're not nearly. Was I'm impressive. trying to get the Reese's.
0: To was, on
1: really, my head. the first one was the best. <laughs> Seth's got his shirt up and he's got his belly out and he's trying to bounce Reese's off it. See, but the okay. first one was
2: amazing. Historically, anytime there are projectiles in the vicinity of me, I get hit. Okay, so you have Nathan Hartley with <laughs> bottle right, rockets and right. the junk, but you also have Brian Wardrip flicking pennies around me. Going, oh, that's not going to hit you. That's not going to hit you. You're wearing glasses. That's not going to hit you. (laughs) You're wearing glasses. And he flips a penny towards someone else, and it jettisons straight into my eye past my glasses. Like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that happened the same week as the crotch bottle rocket. Like, Mm. no joke. Anytime there are projectiles around me, like, dark, (laughs) dark sense of humor. But if there's ever an incident where you need protection from stray bullets, throw me at them.
0: Mm. I I got a question. (laughs)
2: I will be okay with it. I, I, just, I just
0: like realized you we were in a podcast and, and tuned in. And <laughs> so, uh, since it's about average, right. Sean told his story earlier, which I don't think was malicious. I think it's uh, lacking compassion mm. and being a selfish kid, and that's how it is. And as yeah. a kid, you're still even learning that and learning empathy. I don't think it was malicious. So that. We can talk about that all day, but I mean I, I know your character, that's and you're owning it. Um but I wanna move on from that and say what is one of the happiest moments you can remember growing up? And you may say, oh, I don't have any. Okay, fine, you're out of the conversation. But I mean like where you were like it was either gut busting laughter or it was funny or it was a cartoon show you liked, or it was just a good day. What's the best one you can remember? involving me no just what's the best one i was like
2: i'm already backing away after that uh i can actually i've been i, I i've been going on this so i am only a musician because my dad he gave me a guitar um that was a very happy day but the happiest day was a year later uh visiting him up in portland oregon my parents have been separated since i was like three um and happy happy moment
0: no 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 okay, i'm getting right. there i'm
2: getting there so I'm just adding some context. So um, I really never really asked my dad for anything. I just like spending time with him. I loved my dad. Um, still do, but now the context is different because he's passed away. Um, but one of the happiest moments I can remember is when I go up to see him and I get off the airplane and he takes me to Guitar Center and says, pick a guitar, pick an amp. Play them. See if you like them. Keep it keep it within reason. Like, don't go and get, like, a freaking $1,000 Gibson and a $1,000 Marshall. But, like, he, he basically said, you're a kid in a candy store. Go ahead and just pick what you want. And that was such a euphoric memory. Mm. Still is. Because my dad would never... He always wanted to. He always tried to. But he never was able to gift me like that and just share love. Like, and he's a gift giving person but it's just circumstances made it to where he wasn't able to and he finally had the means to do that and I I remembered just the tears of joy in his eyes because he got to give his son something Mm. but just the genuine moment of like you're at a guitar store kid go ahead and just grab an amp grab a guitar they're yours Nice. and me being the 12 or 13 year old edgelord that I was and all into metal and stuff like that I got a BC Rich Warlock And 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 a crate, uh, high gain solid state amplifier. Like the whole package was like two hundred bucks. Nice. But, um, and then I just like tore it apart, playing like Metallica battery and Master of Puppets, and (laughs) I would just went thrash metal heaven on that, and it was amazing. But that, like, it's not that I got the guitar and amp. It's the fact that my dad was able to do that. And it was the first, like that was the day in Oregon like I am there I haven't even been in Portland for an hour and he's like we're going to go get you some stuff and I just I want to gift you and I want to spend time with you and I want to do these things and it was just such a un- like one of my favoriteest memories of me and my dad That's awesome I can think of
1: most of my good memories uh as a kid were with you Seth I remember laughing at Uranus, but that was in high school. <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> we humble. were laughing at Uranus.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> well, appears i <I've laughs> but there was another time. The <laughs>
1: there was another time we did that, I'm sure. Uh, I remember taking share class with you and Matt Monticelli <laughs> and, uh, just how absolutely entertaining that was. And the lady comes in strong saying, You know, it's okay. You can ask whatever you want. It doesn't embarrass me. I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I think we made her quit her job that year. Or
0: transfer, yeah. Um, That deserves a high five. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was pretty great. Uh, I remember (laughs) winning a, like, it wasn't a gang fight, but I remember winning a group fight on the schoolyard, and it was like me and you
0: and one other person. Me, you, and Scott Poindexter was on the Poindexter, ground. Poindexter, yeah. So it was me and you. Yeah, his last name was
1: literally Poindexter, and he was a cool kid. So um, Skittles, remember?
0: Yeah, I never got that nickname.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, it was us, and we were fought probably nine kids, and it
0: was over. I, th- I think it was six or seven. I just wanna be, just want
1: be. <laughs> no, clear. I think it was. I think it was around nine. Yeah, it must I think have it was been. Like and uh and it was like a just classic underdog situation and we dominated and it felt great. Um Yeah, man. I remember like No, I won't get into that. Uh yeah, I remember a lot of really good moments from childhood, especially with you. I, oh, you know it was one of my real favorite ones. Seth was playing Jason at your house. <laughs> we would go, I would spend the night at Seth's house and his dad, um, w- would always work till like two in the morning. So he wasn't there. And, uh, his, I think your mom would just go in the back room and shut the door and, and like cry and not pay attention.
0: And we, so yeah. Jeb,
1: your older brother, um, was five
0: years older than us, I think. Yeah. Cause he was in high school and we were nine or ten. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. About that. And,
1: uh, and so you guys had this glowing Jason mask.
0: That was foreshadowing for my future. It was a Jason hockey game. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh,
1: and so we would play this game where Jeb is Jason and Seth and I are people trying to kill Jason. And so we would, we'd we would turn sit, off all the lights, yeah, all the lights in the, the house, and in the house are off. over the blinds, That's even awesome. like the VCR, we'd put a book over it or whatever to keep it. So it was pitch black and Seth and I would have to stay in the room for like 30 seconds and Jeb would go out into the rest of the house and we would, the idea was that we would have to sneak up on him and like get him in a choke hold or do something or hit him or something. Um, but it was, I don't think we ever actually caught him. And so he would do all these diversion tactics or he would like be literally like, you know, when the guy's like above them, like (laughs) hanging onto the ceiling or stuff like that. He would leave the mask
0: because it glowed in the dark on, he'd leave it somewhere. So we'd see, oh, that's where he is. And we'd pick up the mask and he's behind us and he punches in the back. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was so great. And it was, it was a experience I never really had with anybody else. And it was fun. It was like working out my boyhood, like trying to be slightly violent and skillful and like learning the noises that I make and how I can be quieter next time and trying to improve my, uh, stealth and all of these things. It was a lot of fun. I, I don't know why, but that always stuck with me.
2: I've always enjoyed that. That sounds tremendously fun. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to do that as an adult.
1: It was a lot of fun. So I remember one time just, <laughs> just, so messed up. So Seth had a couch in the living room, right? And, uh, and you can't see it once all the lights are off, but you just kind of know it's there. And so Jeb had rigged up like a snare trap with the couch leaning. And so I went under, I was crawling behind, what I thought was behind the couch, but I'm actually kind of under the couch and I pushed these a chair or maybe it was books. I still don't even know what it was. And the couch fell on me. (laughs) It was crazy. And I was like, and I didn't know what was happening. I thought somebody was jumping on me or something and it was terrifying, but so thrilling. And it was like, uh, it was awesome. So it was like, you had to use creativity as well. You know, you had to be smart (laughs) to catch Jason. So that was great. Those were good times. I love those times.
0: Mine was, uh, us playing a show it's called something different but it was called life center church at the time up on the second story with our band and um i, I think it was so cuz the place was packed mm-hmm. and we were making jokes while we you know were playing uh that was when Jesse was in the band and we were just having a blast and we finished one song and people actually applauded i was like oh my gosh like they're enjoying something that the band put together and all i was doing was singing but like you guys did the guitar drums but i just remember that night i was like man like why can't every night be like this why why can't it and i just loved it it was something about man or maybe it was the affirmation but i was up there with my friends People loved it because you have shows, you know, where like twenty people show up, like five people show up. <clears throat> That's
2: a Reno thing, yeah. Like I'm, I'm hearing this going, was this Reno that this happened? Yeah, and
0: and there was people on the stairway because there wasn't room. No outlet played. Um, so Tim Fox rock, yeah, Tim Lemire, who uh, later they were all day drive, um, and this church opened it up.
1: Record label owner, yeah, Tim Lemire, Tim <laughs> Lemire, <laughs> he owns. Even, New Noise Records.
0: And and he was the one, I think, who put us on. Who yeah. Put, who got us on there. And it seriously, um well, I want to say our drummer was high, but it was like, and like two other people, but it was just so, gosh, dude, it was just nights like that. Sometimes we'd play, and that's when I actually, like, my anxiety would go away, mm. when I was just yelling, when I was just, like, fighting, just screaming into my, and we had days like that, because... I don't know. I don't think it was till later. I even found like a small number of things that took my anxiety away. But it's like that and certain other things. When we were up there, when we were playing, it was just crazy. We had some shows like that. We had some times where just I was like, man, who gets to do this? Like, that was like the first
1: successful show how
0: was the first one where we we're like man and then um
1: everything you know, else was like birthday parties yeah or like bar park.
0: mitzvahs and- i played a
1: quinceañera once so i understand <laughs> yeah, <manner>. yeah.
0: <laughs> it just, but
1: i remember yeah. dan hartke yeah got his tooth knocked out
0: at that got show his tooth knocked out because people were moshing
1: we broke the ceiling
0: <laughs> we literally ceiling.
1: we we raised the roof
0: yeah after Tim LeMire was like, "Hey, I, you know, I thought I wasn't sure if you guys were gonna suck or not, but that was pretty good." He's like, "That that one we got was a record
1: good. label offer."
0: We got, and then we um, we even put out a CD, which we even saw, you remember Mirabellies? yeah. So shout out to Jim from Twice. Yeah, uh, thanks,
1: Jim. Who's always supporting? You know, that. he's
0: in a band now. Still another one. He's in another one, still doing good. He's like uh, focusing on his health. I still talked to him actually. Him and I were going to meet up. That okay, guy was great. Mirabelli's was awesome. I'm sad it's gone. He, he's still around. I went to a Fall silence show recently. I was talking to, um, Danny Galecki and I told Levi, a yeah, good show. I'm talking to him all. Yeah. It's like, just like back in the day, except my, now my back hurts and him and I were joking. <laughs> but it's just, uh,
1: and you don't hate us anymore.
0: Anyway. Yeah. And you don't, we're not, <laughs> we're not 15 year olds. People are threatening to kill. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it, it was it was just a good night because i don't know i i learned over time what things kind of got rid of my anxiety and that was one of the things where i was like when i was up there it's funny you know what the other time is all my nervous ticks like 90 percent of them go away when i preach mm. it's weird yeah. one of the most stressful things to most people is actually a time when most of those go away and then i get like done from the podium i walk away from the pulpit and they come back it's funny it, when i get up there though they all disappear
1: that's awesome. So,
0: yeah, that that'd be mine. I would say I think we were 16. I think 16, 15 or 16 Something like that. Yeah.
1: I can't remember. well. I was probably 15 cuz I we <laughs> we had to get a ride there cuz I couldn't drive yet.
0: Then I would have been 15 yeah, cuz so a you few months ahead of too. me. So I was 15, yeah. And we were still in that band cuz we had we did have, you know, uh the second band where we played in Seattle. And that was a blast after like 10 yeah. horrible shows, but like it was nights like that where you just, even Vince's house, I remember times we'd play and our friends would just show up and even go terribly or stuff would cut out, but we would just laugh. And the night we'd end, and it didn't always end well for me. Sometimes i get in fights, but like it just, it was stuff like that where I was like, all right, I forgot who I was for a second. Like I could just, cause I hate being alone with me, but yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those nights. I
1: like, think I found out during that period that I don't like creating music as much as I like Playing music. Yeah. Like, I would rather just be like angry, not angry, but just like furiously strumming a guitar and kicking people and spitting on people or whatever. I would much rather do that than do all the hard stuff. Like, we tried to record (laughs) or we tried to write songs and stuff like that. I'm not saying it was terrible doing all that, but I'm just saying. I liked playing it more than anything. That was the best part of it all. I wasn't an artist. I was just like a dancer. We would
0: play a (laughs) swimming pool because it had a socket. So we'd bring an extension cord to a swimming pool. We didn't have permission that it was opio pool and there was like a stage there. Yeah. So we'd connect it to there was an outlet randomly over there in the park and then we would just have a show and it's so punk
2: rock and And just kids would show up.
0: Yeah. We would just. Yeah, And it literally was, we showed up at a random pool, we're in the middle of a park and there's these, you know, you have uh, these lower income kids playing soccer and we just start playing punk music till we get shut down. And mm. just, that was, see, it was days like that. Yeah. Days where I was like, ah, I just, yeah, it didn't have to be me.
2: See, I go back and forth on your statement, Sean. Sometimes I like being a recording artist and sometimes I miss being a performance artist. Mm. Um, lately, I've been missing playing shows. And for the reasons that Seth just said, how just like it's a way to be away from yourself. Like I used to hate it because we were trying to fit an image. We were trying to get signed. We were trying to do all these things. And I hated the music we wrote because I didn't have as much involvement as I felt like I should. I was a pre Madonna. Like, and like I have apologized to the former bandmates, Jesse, Johnny, you guys put up with a lot of my
0: Sean is a post Madonna.
2: That is That's quite very the dad true, joke. Is he's older? Get it? Lips the lady old arms jerk? Uh, Slady <laughs> <It's> arms. <laughs> but no, like I, I was like a lot of my life has been filled with discontent, and like I'm not old, but I'm hitting the end of my twenties, and looking back at things, going like all these days that I have wasted because of just petty bitterness, and
1: hmm.
2: like I could have had a good thing with. Uh, voices or under cities, I could have had a good thing with only if they knew or die tonight. I could have had these really good things that because I was so proud that oh i don't get to have my way that I walked away from it all hmm. and now it's it's kind of one of those like what could have been and now that I'm in my late twenties approaching my thirties, I'm going. Not that I can never do that, but there's other things I want in my life. I want a wife, I want a family, I want kids, and I don't want to put my family and kids through that of daddy's away from home cuz he's going on a three week three week tour with a bunch of dudes in an Astro van, like that he's just... paying to go, he's not getting paid. I
1: think that that's um <laughs> kind of why like what you talk about that's why I found punk so attractive because it wasn't about talent. It wasn't even necessarily about great orchestrated or written music. It was just about energy mm. that I guess that's what I mean. Cause I was never good at playing guitar. I was never good at singing or writing songs or anything like that. Although, uh, we did have quite a few, uh, Amazing songs like the Ninja Turtles fight song, the song you're out of the band about somebody who we kicked out of the band, <laughs> um, things like that. They were, uh, pretty subtle, pretty deep, but anyway, so like I thought, that, yeah, <laughs> I thought that the fact that it was so ground level, anybody could be punk like, and like the fathers, I don't know, the sex pistols aren't the fathers of punk, but. Sid Vicious never knew what a guitar even was and started playing and it worked. And just the fact that that was the standard, like I was so happy to be a part of that because it, I didn't have to worry about playing good or sounding good or being in tune or if a string broke or anything like that, I could just be that I didn't have to have talent. I just had to mean it. Hmm. Does that make sense? Um, Definitely. That's why it d- never worked out when we were, I was trying to be in a band where you had to be good.
2: <laughs> well, and that's why I wasn't I think that's part of why I wasn't happy with the bands I was in because we were always doing like the tough guy hardcore stuff. I'm not a tough guy and I'm definitely like I like hardcore music, but I am not a hardcore kid. Like I I grew up on metal, like Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Pantera. That was like the like the bands for me. That was my big four. So, going from that and playing you know, like, I don't know, for the fallen dreams and just, uh, just really slow, grindy chug, 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 you know, just heavy stuff. But there's no, there was no challenge to it. And Mm. it was really easy to just play live, which is great. But at the same time, I felt like I wasn't a tough guy. I felt like I was out of my element, um... And I think my heart wasn't into what I was doing because we were trying to do the Christian thing. And like you guys said a few podcasts ago, like how tagging Christian onto something doesn't make it good or better. It actually risks of ruining something good or better. And like this Christian hardcore was just so, I was over it because it felt so fake.
0: Always mm. guard your pepperonis. <laughs> adventure you know it was regular time movies so underrated um we had a review (laughs) i want to bring this up Uh before we ask troy the final question okay and it's from andrew from my community group he said quote seth you are the most irritating part of that podcast i really enjoy it Mm. so i saw that review i saw that he didn't submit it, Troy. This he is didn't? something he <laughs> told me face to face. No,
2: I thought I saw something like nope. that on Facebook. Oh, you must have told us at the movies or something. I've heard you say that.
0: I'm not. I am. You. A... I'm not enabling you on this because I found a... this out recently.
2: I am a horrible liar then because I swear I've heard someone or you say that. You specifically.
0: I've said this to Sean. Did right. Sean tell you? Scheisse. I don't know, man. Duh. This was at lunch. And Everyone, he said, I'm a liar. At, just... at lunch, he goes... <laughs> You are the most irritating part of that podcast, yet I really, I really enjoy it, and I like listening. He goes, but you, he goes, I sometimes get so irritated because I can't follow your points, and I don't know what you're even saying. Troy, cake or pie?
2: I am a pie person. Good man. Mm. What's your favorite pie? This is going to throw you guys for a loop But shepherd's pie.
0: (laughs) To shirt. (laughs) Take his lampstand. Your shirt is torn. Okay,
2: serious answer, serious answer. I'm a key lime pie guy. Key lime, really? That's my least favorite of pies. Key lime, and then when it's the holidays, I will take pecan pie over pumpkin pie any day of the week.
0: Hi, this is Seth from Tales from the Ditch. We're asking you to users to email us and write in what type of pie do you like, because we won't accept any other answer. (laughs) Please send your answers to Ditch at gmail.com. We also take donations and are the recipient of the Jerry Falwell Diversity and Tolerance Award.
1: Excellent work. Uh Also, uh just a reminder, if anybody out there knows just an adorable little fourth grader named Joel that should be about Not a fourth grader f- anymore. Thirty, Yeah, he's maybe 34 right now.
0: Yeah, that's a...
1: Possibly <laughs> on the ragged edge because of something that happened in fourth grade. Please have him email us for reparations. Also, I just want to shout out to... Uh, Karen Bolin and my cousin Shelly. Shelly's li- listening from a whole different continent and Karen really? Bolin's a listener. She says she listens every lunch break. It's Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for your support of Pi and also, oh yeah, one more thing. Thank you. Uh, I had, uh, feedback from somebody. Somebody said that they went and hung out at the VA. Um, really? Because they heard Shay's uh, uh, plea for people to go to the VA. And so somebody, awesome. based on that, went to the VA, hung out, played checkers with a guy, and he said it was a experience that he's going to keep on doing. He's going to start bringing his community group there. Are That's you serious? Awesome. Yeah. That's super rad. How cool is that?
0: Well, 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 Joe Osteen said I wouldn't make anything with my life. You know what? Take those perfect teeth. I rip your shirt. <laughs> I <stand laughs> for blessed
1: white strips. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I His think you already said all the stuff, grace right? And heresy.
0: Yeah. So, um. So that's just it. Zip it up. Zip it out.